At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare when you buy kroger brand products you feel like you're winning that's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices in fact we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play this is the Greg Peterson experience he was like a god walking amongst mere mortals he had a voice that could make a wolverine purr on VSIN, the sports betting network it's our number three of the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the sports betting network we got tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to be talking both forms of basketball college basketball and the NBA as in 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to chat a little NBA with him. Also going to talk a little bit about the Australian Open, what we're seeing down under with him. So that is coming up on tap. We're going to be looking at college basketball in the front end and the back end of this hour, trying to make you guys some money on a board that involves 76 games. So all locked and loaded there. And we've got a wide variety of conferences that are going to be on full display, and it's going to get started with Michigan State and Rutgers. So we dive into 723-724 on the betting board. It is Rutgers. They are a 2.5 to a 3-point underdog. So this game opened up at 124, and we're seeing it rise up to about 125.5 to 126. Relatively low total, but I do think that now we're getting to the appropriate number. I did set my total at a 126 just because when you get into tight games like this, you do get a little bit of late game felling. So 125 and a half, like I'm seeing at DraftKings, that is the absolute max. I'd be looking at the over on, but still a little bit of value on the over. And big reason why you've got such a low total. Rutgers has been playing a very, very grimy games this year with ranking in the top 10 nationally in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. But it's very important to note that with this Rutgers team, they just have not been the same team away from the rack in terms of their defense, which 
they're always a team that has a really, really good home court advantage when it comes to Rutgers, number three in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, but they are allowing 23.3 points more per 100 possessions when they are on the road rather than at home. So that gives you a little bit of value there, and you do have a Michigan State team that they've been able to do a pretty solid job with their defense, giving up 70 points or fewer in seven out of their last nine games, but with this Michigan State team, you do have a bunch at they rank in terms of points a lot on a per-possession basis, more in that neighborhood of about 95th. They've been better at home rather than on the road, but I do think that Rutgers, they're going to be able to find some holes in this Michigan State defense. With Rutgers, you've got a pair of guys that they combine for nine steals per game as you've got a pair of guys in Camp Spencer along with along with Caleb McConnell. They're able to do this, and with Spencer, he's been a really good shooter for this team, making over 45% of his threes. He's able to give you 13.5 points per game. He chips in there as well, a 93% free throw shooting percentage, and then Cliff Amarui. I think he's going to be able to win the battle down low. He's averaging darn near a double-double for Rutgers with right around 14 points, 10 rebounds per game. Then you take a look at what you're able to get on the other side of things. Joy Hauser has been able to do a very solid job down low with right around eight rebounds. It's not as physical as Amarui, but he's able to pop threes. He's shooting about 40% from distance. And this team has found their closer. Ty Walker looked really good in the back half of that Purdue team. Unfortunately, it was all for not in terms of the straight-up win, but he was able to provide 30-plus points in that game. And overall for the season, has been able to do a really good job with about a 40 to 41% three-point shooting percentage. Chips in there 15 points. A little bit over three assists per game. And A.J. Hogard, he's able to give you 6.3 assists per contest. Headed down great Michigan State just a little bit in this game because Malik Hall, one of their main guys, a six foot eight bit of a combo player, he was missing in that game against Purdue. If he is able to play in this game, he's going to be rather limited. And he's been off and on injured all season long. That is a bit of an issue for this Michigan State team. And Michigan State just has not been able to get as much as you would like out of some like a Jackson Kohler. Only about three points, three rebounds per contest. Mandy Sissoko has been able to do a solid job down low. But when you've got guys like Andre Hyatt and company on the flip side for Rutgers, I do think that it's going to be an ordeal where Rutgers is going to be able to hold in this game. Set my line at two. I do think that going into the Breslin Center, it's going to be tough to be able to get a win like this. And I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. But here at 125 and a half or less, I'm going to be looking at the over. And with Rutgers getting north of two, going to be looking at the points. We've already seen the points come in play in some of these tighter spread games just so much in terms of the entirety of Big Ten play thus far. So we're going to be taking a look there. How about if we take a look at one of the worst teams in all of college basketball, but I think we've got our buy point with them. 727-728 on the betting board. It is College of Charleston. They are on the road. They're facing up against Monmouth. Monmouth opened up a 20-point underdog. This is up anywhere between 21 and 22 right now. Total on game is between 142 and 143. As Taylor Swift once said, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22 points with Monmouth. With Monmouth, I set them more around a 19 or so point underdog. It's not a good team, to say the least. That is why you're getting this many points with them at home. But with that said, it's a Monmouth bunch that they've been able to tighten up the screws a little bit more on defense. They've given up fewer than 70 points in four of their last five games, so... Got a little bit of promise there, and that means that all you need them to do if they give up 70 once again is to score 50 points to be able to get the cover. That's actually asking for quite a bit out of this Monmouth team because they're not good. Miles Foster, be able to give the team about 12 points, 
six rebounds per game. He's been one of the best players for this bunch. It is a Monmouth team that they are ranked in the bottom 50 in terms of jar near every offensive metric that you can think of. And for Monmouth, 358th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They do have one thing going for them. At home, they've been giving up a right around 14 and a half points fewer per 100 possessions at home rather than on the road. And it's a Charleston team that they do a good job of being able to pump up their tempo. They're right around 65th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. And they've been able to do a good job with their defense. They're now a top 75 defense in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis since the beginning of the month of December. They've allowed more than 70 points really just once. So they've been able to rein it in there. But we've also seen them throttle down just a little bit with their scoring. They do a good job with the whole really being greater than the sum of its parts. You've got nine different guys that are able to contribute for this team. Every single one of these nine guys either gives you at least six points per game or at least five rebounds per game. So everyone really plays their role. And then you've got Ryan Larson, who comes in from Wofford. He's been the main facilitator and floor general for this team, a little bit over three assists per contest. He's shipping in there about 11 points per game. Rain Smith has been a little bit off with the three-point shooting. And Charleston, they only do shoot about 33% from three-point range, but I do think what is going to be able to keep Monmouth in this game is the fact that they've actually done an okay job of being able to generate some turnovers. They do get right around nine seals per game now. They themselves turn it over 16 times for contest. That is not good to say the least, but also with Charleston, they just had a little bit more difficulty recently covering these super big numbers. They seem to be getting a little bit out of whack. It's a team that is currently 19-1, and one, and honestly... The number 18 ranking, I would say that it's honestly a tad low for them. But you also don't necessarily have that one closer in terms of the score. You've got Larson along with a few other guys and Antti Brzovic, Dalton Bolin, and then you've got Rainsmith, who I was talking about a little bit earlier. They're all giving you north of 10 points per game. None of these guys really give you north of 13 and a half points per game. So it's very well spread out. They do a very solid job with all these guys firing all cylinders. And the biggest thing for Charleston is they're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in all of college basketball, but they don't necessarily do one thing terrific other than just grab those offensive rebounds. They're a team that they shoot right around 230th in the country in terms of three-point shooting percentage at 33%. They've been okay in terms of their defense, but not necessarily supreme, and I do think that that is going to keep Monmouth lively in this game. I am not advising any sort of like a money line play or anything like that on Monmouth, but I felt like they should have been closer to an 18 to a 19-point underdog, and by the way, the Monmouth has not been able to exceed 60 points. They have failed to do so in seven out of their last eight games and last five overall. I do think that you're going to get a little bit of a lower scoring slog. So set my total at 140, diving under, and we'll take the north of 20 that we are currently seeing with Monmouth. Let's take a look at a little bit more Big Ten action with this rematch of a game that we saw from New Year's Day, 755-756. It is Maryland. They're going to be playing us in Michigan. Michigan is a two to two and a half point underdog. Totals between 141.5 and 142. And for this Maryland squad, they scored 13 points in the first half in their last game against Michigan. I will go out here on a limb and I'll say you should be able to get this Maryland team to score more than 13 points in the first half of this game. But 67 points or fewer for them in seven out of their last nine games. They have been far from terrific at being able to put the ball in the basket. And I recognize that it's a nice revenge spot for them. In order to be able to get revenge, you need to actually be good to be able to take advantage of it. And this is a Michigan squad that they've done a terrific job of taking care of the ball. They're in the top 10 in all of college basketball in terms of fewest turnovers on a per-possession basis. For Michigan, 
they are a little bit more of an up-tempo team, right around 100th in terms of possessions per game. It's a Maryland squad that they play relatively slow, 263rd in the country in terms of total possessions per game. And Maryland, they do have Julian Reese along Dante Scott, who have been able to combine for 13 rebounds per game, but Hunter Dickinson, 18.5 points, 8.5 boards, a little bit over a block, shooting 38.5% from three-point range. He was no match for Maryland the first time around. He's going to be no match for Maryland this time around. You do have Jameer Young, who I like. He averages nearly 15 points per contest. Just not a good Maryland shooting team, though, as they shoot as a collective just below 32% from three-point range. At home, it's closer to 30% from distance. And for Michigan, you've had Doug McDaniel be able to step in for Jalen Llewellyn, do a good job of being able to dish out the ball. He's given out four-plus assists in four of the team's last five games. Overall for the season, a little bit over three assists per contest. Not a guy that's going to go out there, give you a lot of scoring, but that's why you've got Jed Howard, a six-foot-eight combo player that shoots 40% from three, 15.5 points per contest. Had that big 30-plus point game that we saw against Iowa about a week or so ago. And for Maryland, you just need to get more out of some of these ancillary pieces like Ian Martinez and company. I do think that Michigan, they're going to be able to get it done once again. I recognize that this is a spot where you can make a revenge sort of angle for Maryland. But keep in mind, Maryland lost the first matchup by north of 35 points. They have not been able to show any sort of life other than that game against Ohio State on offense as well so it is a circumstance where i'm going to be taking a look at the under much like i did the first time around and with michigan i think that you've got some solid value i set them as a very slight favor going to be taking a look at them on the money line as an underdog and coming up next we go from the college kids on the hardwood over to the professionals with scott wright shell who does great work over there at the sports gambling podcast network and that's coming up next here on Beeson, the sports betting network At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play hey guys this is matt jones drew franklin from the fade this podcast we got a great episode coming up picks in all the sports football basketball we do them all but here's a preview of this week's episode do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs i don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't 
Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The football playoffs are heating up with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all things football this playoff season. Celebrate this weekend with our divisional round parlay insurance, then extend the fun throughout the rest of the playoffs with our playoffs first touchdown insurance. Log into BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Great Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by this man, as Scott Reichel. Does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Scott, it is always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. And what is also great is that we've got a lot of basketball that's going to be going down on Thursday. Lots of college basketball, and we've got some good games in the association. I know that one that you're taking a look at is this Raptors versus the Minnesota Timberwolves game. This is one that it looks like it opened up at two. Now we're seeing it in most places at it's a line more around three to three and a half. What are you saying on this game? Because it is a little bit difficult to be taking a look at these NBA games overnight. And I'm noticing that a lot of places currently are not offering this game just because you've got some injury concerns. And with the Raptors in general, it's been very interesting to take a look at some of the rosters. But where are you looking at in terms of this game? So for this one, I'm going to lean to Toronto. Even though this team is not exactly great on the road, they do have a rest advantage. They did not play yesterday. Minnesota did. On top of that, the game was very close. They had to pretty much empty out the bench and use everybody because Gobert was out and they were a little bit shorthanded. But they also played in Denver. They played a very competitive game for 48 minutes in altitude. Now they're traveling back to Minnesota on a back-to-back. I'm not exactly sold on this spot for the Timberwolves. There's no guarantee that Gobert is going to play Anthony Edwards did play yesterday. He was questionable entering the game with a hip injury. So the hips kind of bothered him for a couple of weeks. It would not shock me if Edwards missed this game because he played yesterday. But the fact that you can get this number at around three, three and a half, and I'm assuming you're going to see a lot of Timberwolves players potentially sit in this game because it's a back-to-back off of travel with altitude in the first leg of the doubleheader. I think it's a pretty good spot for Toronto to get the job done here. They've not been good, but they've been better lately. And they battled injuries all year, but they're relatively healthy now. I think this is a good spot for the Raptors. I'll lay the three. Yep, and with the Minnesota Timberwolves, if the season were to start today, they'd be the last team in the play-in spot. They made that big trade for Rudy Gobert, which I was none too much of a fan of. Did you see this coming with the Minnesota Timberwolves, them getting up to this cold of a start? Because I didn't necessarily love the roster makeup, but even with me not loving the Rudy Gobert trade, I thought they'd be a little bit better than this. 
maybe a little. I believe we talked about Minnesota in the past. I mentioned fading them about a month and a half ago. But this team, I can't say I'm totally shocked with. What made Minnesota so entertaining and talented last year was really just the depth. And you look at what the bench unit did. They had a lot of great players in that bench unit that got traded in that Gobert trade. In addition to trading away a bunch of first-round picks, you also gave up guys like Malik Beasley, who are very solid three-point shooters off the bench. They provided a spark to kind of help you create a nice seven, eight-man rotation for a large portion of the season. You look at Minnesota's bench now, it's not great because they traded a lot of those guys to Utah and even some potential star players with the likes of, you know, Markinen and you're looking at uh, Walker Kessler, for example, who would have been a nice first-round pick addition to this unit, and he got traded in the deal. So it wasn't even just about trading away a lot of proven pieces they also traded away a couple of young guys who could have really helped. Imagine last year's team that lost to Memphis with Walker Kessler. That's a pretty solid team. I'm not exactly surprised that the spacing was off. They've had some injuries as well, but mostly with Gobert, who has pretty much no offensive talent besides setting screens. You throw him with pounds. I'm not sold on the spacing. The defense has been an issue as well, but it seems like there's really not much chemistry and nothing's really changed. So I'm still not sold on this team. I think they will be a play-in team by season's end, but I don't think anything's really working right now. Yeah, it's not been going well for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I want to get your thoughts on this little bit of a scheduling quirk as we've got the Chicago Bulls on the road facing off against the Detroit Pistons, but this is not going to be at the traditional arena for the Pistons. It's actually going to be at Asor Arena, and it's an afternoon game, a very big rarity in the NBA when you don't have a holiday. This is 12.10 p.m. Pacific, 3.10 p.m. Eastern time in terms of the tip time and with the Bulls are between a 6.5 to a 7-point favorite. Do you handicap a little bit differently for something like this where you've got a mid-afternoon game that is going to be played and not necessarily the traditional home environment for the Detroit Pistons? I think you kind of have to factor that in. I guess the bright spot is Detroit's not good anywhere, so maybe they, <laughs> maybe they'll be decent here. But, I mean, Detroit's a horrible team. I, I feel like when it comes to the tanking teams in the NBA, or most teams in general, there's been a lot of unpredictability with a lot of teams and a game-in, game-out basis, which is why some people don't exactly like betting on the NBA. But I think for this spot in such a unique atmosphere, I don't want to lay points I, I really am trying to think of how I even want to bet this game because of the variables you mentioned. Unique start time, it's, uh, somewhat of a different venue there. I'm not exactly sold on any angle in the game, to be honest. Maybe I'd lean over because Detroit doesn't guard anybody, but I don't have a strong opinion on this game when there's a lot of unique wrinkles to this game that I'm not sure how you fully properly handicap. How about if we go with a pair of teams that have been going downhill in a hurry? The Brooklyn Nets are on the road facing off against the Phoenix Suns, and the Nets are a one-point favorite. It's very obvious as to why the Nets have been falling out some tough times here in the last week and a half, two weeks or so. The Kevin Durant injury prior to that, they were really getting things rocking and rolling. Now it's been a little bit more difficult for them. Meanwhile, for the Phoenix Suns, it's really just been a month-long torpedo for them. It has not been good. Where do you stand in terms of both of these scenes, both in this game and moving forward, because I do think that for the Nets, they'll be just fine when Kevin Durant returns. Obviously, you fear a little bit of re-injury, as we've been seeing him get banged up quite a bit the last few years. But that said, I think that they'll be fine once he returns. Meanwhile, for the Phoenix Suns, feels like something's broken with this team at this point. Well, it's a mix of injuries and a lack of chemistry. We know that Aiton had a whole saga at the end of the playoffs last year. 
Monty Williams said that he hasn't talked to him since the end of the season last year, and now they paid him a bunch of money, and he has not really played that well. Chris Paul's been hurt. Devin Booker is the main guy who's been hurt, and he's a, arguably a top 10 player in the league. You're looking at Phoenix, the chemistry shot. In, in addition to the injuries, it just seems like they don't gel properly and that the time together might have run its course. And just a reminder, Jay Crowder, who was a consistent member of that rotation, hasn't played a game this year because he already had issues with either the front office or with the coaching staff. So this team has kind of had some cracks in it before. Now the cracks have kind of magnified, and it doesn't seem like they're going to fix any fix itself anytime soon. I think Phoenix should consider blowing it up. I don't think they're going to because they're going to chalk it up to Paul and Booker being injured. They made the finals a couple of years ago. They were the one seed last year. They'll figure it out. They're not going to figure it out. I, I don't think it's going to work, but to go back to this game, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's not many great choices here. I think I'm going to lean Brooklyn. At least this team's been competitive. Phoenix just mentally looks fried. I know that Brooklyn's going to at least try hard in their games. They still play good defense. Claxton gives you good rim protection. Ben Simmons had a triple-double last game. They lost, but he played okay. I think I'll lean Brooklyn. This might be one of those meeting games. If you actually want to bet this game, you should probably go to a meeting because I, I have no <laughs> value on either side in this one. Do you? Because I think both teams are pure fades. And where, when they're against each other, this isn't exactly a case of two negatives equaling a positive. I'd probably lean under as my favorite play because I don't trust either offense right now. But from a side, I got no angle here. Both teams are pure stayaways for me. It was a, it was just like the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game that we were taking a look at a week ago, where I was telling you, I wish I could just bet against both of these teams because I feel like that right about now with both of them, but. I can tell you one angle that I like a little bit more, and that's fading the Golden State Warriors on the road. They're going to be on the road facing off against Boston Celtics. This line opened up at five, and now we're finding the Celtics as a six-half point favorite. No question having back in the fold Stephen Curry. That's big for the Golden State Warriors. But until this team can just put together a few road wins, I just can't trust them in these spots. I don't know where you stand on the Golden State Warriors, but it's a team that I love backing when they're in Golden State. On the road, not so much. I tried uh, last Sunday to back them against the Bulls because DeRozan was out, and they lost the game anyway. I think hey. they gave up 39 points to Vucevic. So, yeah, not exactly sold on Golden State on the road, but they have done well against Boston lately. They dominated earlier this season at home. Of course, they won the NBA Finals last year against this team. So maybe you can make an argument for a mental block if Golden State just matches up well against this team. With the home atmosphere of Boston and the fact that Boston's been playing better lately, they had a bit of a rough patch there for a couple weeks, but they're back on track now. I think I am going to lean to Boston. I think I'd probably look at Boston first half. I'm a bit concerned that Golden State could figure it out in the third quarter like they have for so many years. But I think Boston, after losing the first meeting this season, has a nice chance to jump out to a decent lead early on. Golden State on the road particularly starts off slow. I think Boston first half might be a look there. I think that that's a good angle that you got because with the Golden State Warriors, just throughout time it feels like the third quarter has been their quarter meanwhile they typically do get out to some slow starts especially on the road so i like where you're going there and coming up next i like where we're going because we're going to be taking a look at some nfl playoff action with scott reichel the sports gambling podcast network and we're going to be taking a look at an aussie open player or two next here on the greg peterson experience on vsin the sports betting network
facing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN shows and guests. Betting splits to let you see where the money and the bets are moving for every game and many other great tools as well. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season to... Take a look at everything from best bets, big game props, brackets, list goes on. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today and sign up for just $9.99 and become a part of the Sports Betting Network. That is at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be rejoined by Scott Reichel. Does a great job over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and I know that you do a great job of taking a look at a wide variety of things. We're going to be hitting upon the NFL in a second, but you've got a little bit of tennis play for us in the Aussie Open. That's going to be coming up in about 24 or so hours. These are games or these are matches that happen at some random times for us because, well, it's in Australia. But I know you're taking a look at Hubert Herzak and Dennis Shapovalov. This is a relative pick line, and I am pretty sure that I just... Messed up the last name of our good friend Te- of our good friend Dennis. But with that said, where do you stand in terms of this match? Because I know that you're actually not going to be taking a look at the money line, but rather a little bit of a prop on it. Well, first of all, it's the thought that counts. You tried yes, your best with the two We tried. So there you go. But I'm going to go with the over in this match between uh, Herkez and Shapovalov. I like the 40 and a half here at around minus 122. Both players kind of similar in a sense. They're both extremely talented. They've been ranked for a while. Herkaz did break into the top 10, but both players are relatively streaky. And I think you could see kind of a lot of ebbs and flows in this match, which could result in a bit of a marathon here. Both players, solid servers. Herkaz, very solid with the serve. And Shapo is also a very underrated server because of the lefty, uh, just overall strokes that he has and the fact that he can get an underrated amount of power and even a good kick serve there. I think that both players should hold relatively easily for most of the match. And they're both experienced with each other. This is the fourth head-to-head meeting. They've had a couple of close matchups before. And I do think in the three out of five atmosphere in Australia, you could see a couple tiebreakers. You should see at least four sets. And if you end up getting one tiebreaker, which is equivalent to, of course, 13 games in a set, that means that you're going to probably be relying on some six fours and some six three sets to wrap it up. But I expect at least one tiebreaker. I think you'll see each player win at least one set, potentially going five. But I think 40 and a half might seem high. I don't think it's actually high enough. I like the over in this match. I do like that angle. And I do remember Herkaz a little bit more when it comes to these games. I am no good at them whatsoever. I am much better on the NFL. So we are going to be rolling on with that as we've well, got I'll a... Ask you, I'll ask you one thing quickly, by the way. So I'll let you redeem yourself. Do you know which country Shapovalov is from? No clue. He's from Canada. Oh, okay. I didn't think you'd get that, but I gave you a shot there for some extra credit, but okay. We had a shot and I, I didn't even take it. I was just, I was probably going to be guessing something just completely off the map. So there's that aspect of it. I don't want to fail in geography as well, but with that said, I know where these teams are located as we've got ourselves some good matchups that are going to be going down on Saturday and Sunday. Let's lead off with the early matchup, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas city chiefs chiefs. Currently an eight and a half point favor with a total of 53. And it's a spot where I do think that the Chiefs, they're going to be able to survive. They're going to be able to get the job done. As we have just seen time and time again, though, I don't think that they're going to be able to cover this number. They have been 
having their difficulties when they're laying north of a touchdown. And this is a Jaguars team that they have been pretty much in playoff mode for the last two months to be able to get to this spot. Where do you stand on this game? Because I know that not only are you taking a look a little bit at the side in total, but also a little bit of a player prop in this game as well. Yeah, so I'll start off with the side in total here. I actually am going to lean to Kansas City. I can't fade Andy Reid off the bye. I, I can't do it. You're looking at his career. Andy Reid is 27 and four straight up off the bye. I, I can't. I can't avoid that. That's an insane trend. I, I have to stick with Kansas City here. They had an extra week of prep to get healthy. Jacksonville won the game. I'm sure we all laughed at Brandon Staley's expense. He's still employed, so I guess he's laughing his way to the bank. I don't as well. know how. <laughs> but yeah, well, it's the Chargers, and they've been cheap with the coaches in the past. So I'm not exactly totally surprised. They should have fired him already. In fact, he shouldn't have gotten on the plane. But the point is the Jaguars, I do think, are still very turnover prone. Defensively against their pass, they're really not good. And I think Kansas City, who's really been solid defensively over the last couple of weeks, I think can create turnovers. I think Mahomes should really pick apart this defense throughout the game. I like the Chiefs. I'm going to lean to the under, though. We've seen Kansas City get out to decent leads and then coast and drain a bunch of clock in the second half. Jacksonville, warm weather team, traveling from Jacksonville to Kansas City. I think they're going to struggle a bit in about the 40-degree weather. But for the player prop, I am going to look for Christian Kirk over 63 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he has had at least 78 receiving yards in each of the last two games. Jacksonville paid him a bunch of money, and they're using him like the wide receiver one that he is. He also had 105 yards in the regular season meeting against Kansas City. 63 and a half, I think, is very low. Either he's torching an underwhelming secondary or potential garbage time, and he staff pads. But I think 63 and a half is way too low for Kirk. I'm going to take the over. I like that look with Trevor Lawrence. He certainly was able to put up some numbers after those four interceptions to be able to lead his team back from the Chargers. And Kirk, I think, is going to be a big part of the game plan this week. So I like that angle. And I know you've got another wide receiver prop for this game as well. It's the Giants and the Eagles. Eagles are a seven and a half point favorite with a total of 48. Much like in the first matchup, I do think that the Eagles are going to be able to get it done. I just question them being able to cover north of a touchdown. I think that this is essentially a seven point game. At seven, it would be a stay away. Seven and a half, that gets me going on the New York Giants. But I know that you've got a player prop and I know you've been taking a look at this game in general. Where do you stand in terms of Giants and Eagles? So we see eye to eye on this one. I'm going to go with the Giants plus the points, and I'm going to lean to the under in this game. The Giants, I think, are just a team that could give Philly some problems, especially with the injuries that Philly's had to deal with. Maddox still hasn't practiced. Lane Johnson's going to play. He needs surgery, so he might be at 40% health. I'm not exactly sold on his status there on the offensive line. The Giants' defense was not particularly good last week. I have to acknowledge that. They did enough to win the game. But Hertz has not really played in a competitive game besides against the Giants, what, like third stringers in week 18 in the last couple weeks. I'm a little bit concerned about how Rusty Hurts is going to look. He didn't really look great in that game against the Giants either. I think they'll hang in there. I think Dable's a great coach. He'll find a way to make this game competitive. I'm not picking the Giants to win. I think Philly wins by about three to three or four. But give me some type of 23-20 final. I think each team will go on some pretty long drives. Philly's going to try to run the ball. Giants, we saw, move the ball well against Minnesota but they took up a bunch of clock on those 75-yard drives. I like the under in this one, but I will lean to the Giants plus. And for my prop, I'm going with Darius Slayton, over 44 and a half receiving yards. You're going through the numbers. He's had at least 58 yards in nine of his last 14 games. He's also been on the field for at least 83% of the offensive snaps in eight of the last nine games. The only exception was week 18 when they benched everybody. And you're looking at the injury that Hodgins is actually dealing with. It means that they might rely more on Slayton in the passing game. 
But 44 and a half for arguably the Giants' number one wide receiver, I think is a bit absurd. I'm taking the over 44 and a half. I like that look. I do think that this is going to be a game that is going to be a little bit more to the under. I like that view that you've got on Jalen Hurts because I don't think that he's going to be 100% either. And I just take a look at this game and it just feels like this number is getting too inflated because I thought at four it was a relatively good look on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now we're up to five and a half in a lot of spots with a total between 48 and 48 and a half. Pretty much every guest I've had on the show has been riding with the Cincinnati Bengals getting the points. Are we going to make it another clean sweep here with the Cincinnati Bengals? I don't think I am. I think I'm actually going to lean to Buffalo. All right. Buffalo was not particularly good against Miami. I'll admit that. Offensively, they were good besides the turnovers. Defensively, they were fine. They just constantly had to come back onto the field when Miami was at their 20-yard line because Allen turned it over and he also had the fumble touchdown. The issues for me is twofold. The weather and Cincinnati's offensive line. Cincinnati might be missing three starting offensive linemen, and the weather's not going to be good. It's supposed to rain. supposed to be about 16-mile-per-hour winds. And I don't think Cincinnati behind a banged up offensive line is going to be able to do enough against this Bills defensive line to really hold their own. We know the offensive line has been an issue for a couple of years. The Bengals fixed it temporarily. Now half the starters are injured, but Burrow might end up in the infirmary after this game. I think Buffalo is going to get after him. We know the home crowd is going to be amped for the game. The Bills, I do think Josh Allen's rushing upside can help prolong drives in such bad weather, but in general, I think the Bills defense is solid. I really love that pass rush. And I think Cincinnati was a bit fortunate to beat Baltimore. Of course, he had the fumble 98-yard return touchdown there. I think I'm going to lean Buffalo and the under. I would lean Cincinnati if the weather was fine. But I think the bad weather actually benefits Buffalo because of the fact that they have a healthy offensive line and Josh Allen's a refrigerator. So I think that they're going to be able to move the ball on the ground. Yep, and with Josh Allen, he was pretty much drafted for Buffalo because He's a guy that, coming from Wyoming, used to playing in those bad weather games. We shall see what the weather does, and we shall see what Josh Allen does. But one thing that I know is that you do absolutely terrific work, Scott. Always appreciate having you aboard. You do a great job over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network with their main NBA podcast. You do a lot with tennis, NFL list goes on and on. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, thanks for having me. Always great to have Scott Rachel aboard here on the show. And coming up here on the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience, we get you set for a sports betting Thursday, taking a look at some college basketball games, including my DK Nation pick. That is on the flip side right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Have no fear, not the final segment ever, but rather the final segment of the show tonight. We will be back with you from midnight to three Eastern Time tomorrow. Or if you're right now listening on VSN.com, or if you're listening on pretty much any sort of a podcast platform. Well, the replay is going to be coming up next. So you got you guys covered there. If you're listening in podcast form, I have no idea what's coming up next for you. It could be shopping with Dave. It could be like some random movie podcast. I have absolutely no idea. But that said, if you're listening on VEASAN.com, Greg Peterson Experience Replay is coming up next. If you're listening to a replay, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, it is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss, Paul Howard. We're going to get you guys set for a massive weekend in sports, including the NFL divisional round. Take a look at a nice Thursday full of basketball and so much more. So that is going to be absolutely terrific. And in the meantime, we got to try to find you guys some winners on this college basketball card because we've got a whole bunch of games. By my count, we've got 76 games in total. We've got a little bit of everything. Sunbelt, Conference USA, Big Ten, Pac-12. Got the added games board with like the Atlantic Sun. So no shortage of options to be able to make some money here. And how about if we dive in on the Pac-12 as we've got Arizona and they're going to be taking on our good friends over there at USC. So we've got a line of between 7.5 and 8 with Arizona laying it. Total has been moving around quite a bit. This is anywhere between 151.5, seeing as high as a 153. If you're looking on the rotation number 813, 814. And with Arizona, I made them a 10-point favorite. So my write-up is laying the 7.5 to 8 that we're seeing right now, anything of single digits. So 9.5 or less is a take for me on Arizona. And with Arizona, I do think that their two-headed monster down low is really going to be able to win the day. As you've got Umar Balo along with Azula Sabellis, they're combining for 36.7 points, 18.1 rebounds per game. And they are the only set of teammates in all of college basketball right now averaging individually at least nine rebounds per game apiece. And Tabell shoots 47% from three-point range. Now, they are going to be going up against, really, the strength of USC. USC is allowing opponents to shoot about 41% on two-pointers in a road and neutral court environment. That's the number one mark in all of college basketball. Problem for USC is they haven't faced off against a monster quite like this, as you've got two guys that really do a great job down low. Typically, they're only facing off with one, as they've got Joshua Morgan, 
is able to give you eight points, five rebounds, ships in there two and a half blocks per contest. He does a solid job down low for USC. And they do have now Vince Iwuchuku back in the fold. He was a five-star prospect that, unfortunately, he has not really been able to play until now because he collapsed during during off-season workouts. You know, felt really bad for him. So it's just good that he's back out there on the floor and he's being able to have a healthy life. That's just most important in general. But that's not really a non-factor at this point. And for the USC Trojans, they do need their backcourt to be a factor in order to hang in this game because Arizona, number two in all of college basketball in terms of total points per game. If you're looking on a per-possession basis, number 15, as it's a well-rounded team. You've got Kirk Carissa along with Courtney Ramey combining for about 23.5 points per game. Both of these guys shoot 35-plus percent from three, and with Carissa, he's been able to chip in their six assists per game. Not as been much maligned after what we saw in the NCAA tournament last season, but relatively solid guy that... Should not have been out there on the court last season in the NCAA tournament. We're going to call it what it is. And for USC, you've got Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson. Great name on Peterson, by the way. They combine for about 29 to 29 and a half points per game. Peterson chips in their five assists, seal per game, shooting about 35% from three. And Ellis, he shoots 37.5% from the outside, seal and a half, two and a half assists. So he's been able to do a good job. But all in all, USC, they rank outside of the top 250 in terms of three-point shooting percentage. They make about 32% of their triples. So... And it's something that they do need to work on. And in terms of turnovers on a per possession basis, they're in the bottom 150 in all of college basketball. You've been able to get a little bit more out of Malik Thomas, who's been able to provide a few points, helps out with just the backcourt, shooting about 33% from three. Trey White, about five boards, nine and a half points per game himself. But Arizona has so much depth. You've got so many nice players I do like, like a gentleman that comes in from Campbell and Cedric Henderson, who's been able to give you about eight points, six foot six combo player that's able to bury quite a few threes. Arizona has done a good job of being able to stifle on defense as well when they've been at home. They, in six out of their last seven games, have been able to hold their opponent to 70 points or fewer, which really is something. It doesn't sound like a ton, but for Arizona, they play at a top 20 pace in terms of total possessions per game. They go up against a USC team that is 156th in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Arizona should be able to win this game by a relatively mar solid margin as a result. I did set my total at 154, so I am also going to be taking a look at this total over. I think that an Arizona team that has scored 70 points or fewer in four of their last five games, but overall scoring 84 points for the season per game, I do think that they're going to be able to get back to really their offensive form that we were seeing for much of the season. So I do like the over. And with regards to the write-up, I'm willing to lay it with Arizona, set them as a 10-point favorite. How about if we take a look at the WCC and something that we've been noticing this season is Gonzaga has been overvalued all throughout. And I think that we've got Gonzaga a little bit too overvalued once again as they're going to be facing off with Loyola Marymount, 803-804, Gonzaga at home, anywhere between a 15.5 to a 16-point favorite with your total between 157 and 158. And with Gonzaga, I feel like they should be more like an 11-point favorite. You've got Kelly Leupepe, who does a really solid job for this Loyola Marymount team. He's able to give you 13.5 points, 6.5 boards, 6'6 combo player that's able to bury about 40% of his threes. And then Cam Shelton, he is just a stat sheet stuffer for this bunch as he's shipping in there 18 points. Four assists, five rebounds, shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. Now, they could use a little bit more out of someone like a Justin Aarons. Comes in from Ohio State, so only been able to give the team seven points per game. Alex Merkveldez has been able to give you about seven and a half points per game as well, but for the Marymount, around those two guys in Shelton and Leo Pepe, they've been able to do a good job of being able to mix and match, and for this Gonzaga team, 
The offense has been solid, no question about it. They're in the top 15 in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis. Their woes come on the defensive side of things. 179th of the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And when you've got a Gonzaga team that is looking to just grip it and rip it and just absolutely run it down your throat, 25th in the country in terms of total possessions per game, that turns into big giant slugfest as Gonzaga has given up at least 74 points at each of their last six games. Got a Loyola Marymount team that they've really cranked up their tempo as well. You may recall about like four years ago, this was one of the slowest teams at all of college basketball. Now they rank about 100th out of your 361 D1 teams in terms of total possessions per game. Actually, 363 D1 teams, but you do have a Loyola Marymount team that I do think that they're going to be able to hold in this game. Gonzaga is going to be able to get their buckets. They're going to be able to get past 80, but I do think that the Mount, they're going to be able to get past 70, hold in this game, set my number at 11. So I'm going to be willing to take the points with Loyola Marymount in this spot. And I did set my total right at a 157. This is a line where I'm going to be letting the total marinate in the AM. If this comes down to more around 156, 155, take for me on the over. If this gets up to like a 158 or so. That's going to be my buy point on the under. How about if we hit a rock solid Pac-12 game, 815-816 on the betting board. It is Utah. They're going to be playing us to Washington State. Washington State opened up as a three-point underdog. Now this is anywhere between three and a half and four. Total on this game, it is anywhere between 129 and a half and 130 and a half. When it comes to Utah, I do think that they're going to be able to execute on offense and get the job done at home. I made them a five-point favorite. This is a Utah team that has actually been really good on defense as well. In terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, this is a Utah bunch that they're in the top 20 in all of college basketball, 18th to be exact, giving up 86.4 points per one hour possessions when they're at home. And it's a Washington State team that they do a good job of being able to get their slow, methodical tempo. They're a bottom 25 team in terms of total possessions per game. That said, it's also a bunch that they rank 143rd in terms of total possessions per game, and they have been able to get as much facilitation out of Justin Powell. Justin Powell, towards the beginning of part of the season, was doing a good job doing out the ball. It's down to about 2.9 assists per game. You'd like to see that be a little bit greater for a Washington State team that they do have Mohamed Gay down low, giving you 13 points, 8.5 rebounds per game, but Brandon Carlson, going to be a tough guard. You don't have that much versatility with the big men of Washington State. Meanwhile, Carlson, he's a 7-footer that is able to chip in there. 15 points, 7.5 boards, does a good job letting it fly from 3-point range, shooting nearly 40% from distance. Gabe Madsen, he's been able to shoot nearly 40% from 3-point range as well. So I do think that you've got some solid value here with a Utah team that goes up against Washington State bunch that has been relatively held down recently in terms of their offense. They've been able to do a good job of being able to play a little bit slower, a little bit grimier, but go back to the last time these two teams played. That was a game where Utah was playing at Washington State and Washington State. They lose in overtime by kind of 67 to 65. I do think that you're going to see a little bit more scoring in this spot because that overtime only had 14 points. And in that game, Washington State went 4 of 30 from three-point range. So I do think that the scoring is going to be elevated. Semi-total at 131 looking over. And want to lay five points with Utah. And that leads us into our pro tip for our number three, vsan.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort these by show and by sport. And this one's a very easy one, but it's one that's always worth repeating. Always check your tip times, kick times, what have you. Check to see what time the event actually starts. Don't have yourself a situation being like, darn. That, that game tipped off three hours ago. I didn't get my bet in. So just be sure to be mindful of that and be mindful that follow the money with Mitch Boss. Paul Howard starts at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.